0: Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of DrPierresBlog.com, and of course, your host of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, the number one podcast for patient advocacy and helping you empower yourself for better health. This week, we are bringing you episode 87, and it sparked off by a terrible video that I saw online. I see a lot of terrible videos, but this one really took the cake, and it really hit home on, you know, whether you are a good physician, right? Like, I, and I, I hate to say it like that, but it really kind of took the cake. And I, I want to make sure that I give it as just due. Uh, so episode 87, we are saying and we are asking the question, is your doctor actually culturally competent, right? And what does that even mean, right? So uh, sit back again I want to thank all the support we've gotten over uh, this uh, past year, pretty much. Again, we're, we're almost winding down. Thanksgiving is about to come around. And I just want to thank everyone for their support of the podcast been absolutely amazing remember if you have not already done so remember to hit the subscribe button and if you get a chance please leave me a five-star review and just tell one friend all right i don't want you to tell all you don't even have to tell all your friends i'm not even gonna put that pressure on you just tell one friend uh, to check out the podcast you know point it to uh, one of your favorite episodes and say hey subscribe when you're done and of course leave me a five-star review because i absolutely love that thing so as always, if you want this show notes, head over to lunchlearnpod.com or head over directly to the episode uh, show link at drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP087. Again, if you want my show notes, head over to lunchlearnpod.com or drpierresblog.com forward slash llp 087 so sit back get ready for another amazing episode get ready to be enlightened and hopefully by the end of this episode you'll know whether your doctor is culturally competent or not This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, eBooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpsblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. And today is definitely one of those days where I unfortunately feel embarrassed and upset to be a part of Teen Physician. When I started a podcast and I really made the transition this year to be my patient advocate, I knew that I would run into certain episodes where I would have to choose a side. Fortunately, this episode isn't one where it's a difficult side. I'm going to have an audio clip of a Dr. Paul Ryan, who is a cardiologist, I believe, out of California, who said some despicable things and fortunately we were privy to not hear exactly what he said but we caught essentially the tail end of the discussion because uh, he didn't know he was recorded obviously and the things he said one hit home for the topic we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about cultural competency. We're going to give you the you know the textbook definition of course but we're going to talk about what it means in terms of me being a physician a minority physician at that we're going to be talking about cultural competency we're going to be talking about the definition we're going to be talking about the importance of it, especially when we talk about the diversity of medicine as well as getting proper and appropriate treatment for everybody not just the select few So just uh, take a quick second and just listen to this clip of Dr. Paul Ryan. Again, he's a cardiologist and kind of set the scene up. He apparently was seeing a patient who did not speak English and her daughter was there to translate. And yeah, you know, just just listen to this because I'm not going to spoil anything. This is ridiculous. Let's go. Fine, you can go. Yes, well, I cannot believe. I'll, I'll call, call. whoever you oh, call and let God. them know that you yet. are so offensive. You oh, need no, to. No, no, no I'm no, not you offensive. Don't need, you don't need to offensive. get into her if you. she's I'm, I'm not no, offensive. I Are am you, an, okay, a, I am me. an American. So what? I'm right here to translate for her. You don't need to do nothing but to tell me what's wrong with her, if she's okay, if she's not. Then I'll translate to my mother. You don't need to sit, tell me that she needs to learn English so you can communicate. Mm. Communicate through me and I'll let her know. Okay? It's not the same. It doesn't matter. Do you yes, not it does understand? matter. It's not the same. It's not about? the same. Oh my gosh. He is so <clears throat> stupid. I'm right here to translate for my mother. He's telling her that to be a country, she needs to learn English. What the f- is that? No, it's Doctor, este voy a tener que hablar de seguridad personal. him out of Vamos, a seguridad y les voy a decir. Yeah. So where I start? First of all, that is um, a cardiologist who is older in age who has basically told the daughter of a patient of his who I'm almost sure has had to pay a copay to see this physician, that it'd be better if she spoke English to get better care. I, I want people to listen to that clip and think about that clip and then begin to ask yourself, is this the reason why people don't trust coming to the physician, right? Is this the reason why we tend to have a lot of health disparities, especially in minority communities. Because I will tell you, this unfortunate situation did not shock me one bit. I have been the child in this situation. um, My parents are Haitian. I'm uh, Haitian-American. And my parents didn't speak great English. So I was the one who had to translate a lot growing up. I was the one who had to go to the banks. I was the one who had to uh, be the translator in doctor's offices, schools. Like, if, you know, I was that person who had to translate. So I know uh, this situation, you know, very, very dear and close to my heart. So it was shocking, but not, again, not surprising, unfortunately, that you can have someone who, despite taking an oath to want to take care of someone, despite accepting that person as a patient and accepting that person's payment as a patient still felt that it was within their rights to tell them hey you need to learn to speak English and ladies and gentlemen that is a perfect example of a person who is not culturally competent right so uh, I'm going to talk about you know some of the the layman's definition of cultural competence but I think for a lot of us we're going to be talking about the common sense definition of cultural competence so when we talk about cultural competence and you know what that even means it it says right this is our definition right to have having an awareness of one's cultural identity and views about difference and then have an ability to learn and build on the varying cultural and community norms of their patients right especially when we talk about cultural competence in medicine this is something that as a medical student i can tell you i had one course on i, mean, I can tell you i had one course it was, my, it was in our second year, and it was right before we were about to go and see patients on, in the hospitals. So they said, you know what? You need to learn how to be cultural competent. And again, I went to Nova Southeastern University, and of course, the person who was teaching cultural competence happened to be minority right again. I'm not sure if that's just how the chips kind of laid, but that was the case, right? That was the case, uh, at least when I was in school. When we talk about being culturally competent, again, that you know, as we know what our textbook definition is, but it's, it's being able to recognize that not everyone's going to come from your same background, from your same history, from your same tradition, but still being able to relate and do your job. In medicine, a lot of us are required to go to these cultural competence classes because we have to fight back the stereotypes that are taught to us so they 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 stand by and they teach us stereotypes associated with certain races stereotypes associated with certain genders and then right before we go to see patients they say okay yeah we know we taught you those stereotypes but we need you to kind of be aware that we taught you those stereotypes so you don't go out and practice it that way right like it's a it's a a, it's a weird dynamic of how they do it they first they teach you the bad thing then they try to unteach you the bad thing because they know it's not good. Because the reason why is because you can end up like a Dr. Paul Ryan who, again, who's a cardiologist who may be brilliant, right? He may be one of the smartest cardiologists out there in California, but he is a terrible physician, especially when it comes to being culture competent. And I can tell you, she was, that daughter was pretty calm and collective and frustrated and upset because here her mother is in his office, is ill for whatever reason. We're not sure what, doesn't matter. And the daughter may have been taking time from work, may have taken time from school, because she knew that taking care of her mother was so important that she knew she had to miss whatever she needed to do to take care of this appointment. And even after sacrificing all of that, you have a physician who's oath. I hope is like the same oath as mine, which is to take care of the patient and injected his own personal feelings about what he felt the patient should be. Like the question I would you know automatically ask is, what if she spoke English, but she spoke English at a high school level? Would he say, well, you need to speak it at a college level or a graduate level? What if it wasn't Spanish that she spoke? What if it was Creole that she spoke? would would have changed it right it's 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 very interesting and unfortunately not shocking when we talk about the lack of cultural competency here in medicine because it's a really a direct cause for why we suffer from and by we i mean people who aren't of the quote-unquote standard right and by standard i mean white and a person who speaks english right when you're not in that mold We suffer from more diseases. We suffer from more medical problems, more than everyone else. And not only do we suffer from these medical problems in significant rates, uh, more than other groups, we suffer from a feeling of distrust. We honestly do not trust the medical system to take care of us. We do not trust the medical system to have our best wishes in hand. So you may be asking, well, Dr. Barry, like, what can I do? Like, how can we combat this, right? Like, what's the only way to do it? Well, honestly, the only way to be more culturally competent is to have more culturally competent people there. I read an article that talked about how this year, or last year, was the worst uh, incidence as far as black males admitted to medical school. So if you have fewer and fewer minority groups being admitted to medical school, which means you're going to have fewer and fewer minority groups become physicians. And if they don't become physicians, they can't become internists. They can't become OB-GYNs. They can't become surgeons. They can't become cardiologists, right? So then you have a situation where that patient who probably would love to go see someone else, probably someone who does speak Spanish, doesn't have a choice. So they have to see the Dr. Paul Ryans of the world. They have to be accosted by the Dr. Paul Ryans of the world. They have to fill out applications and HMPs and uh, medical information probably in English and have to be translated in Spanish by a family member who, again, may not be professionally trained. Most of them aren't. I was not. But they have to suffer from that because they're going into a world that really does not favor them, but then turns around and accosts them for not being as healthy, turns around and accosts them for not eating right, turns around and accosts them for not exercising right, turns around and, and blames them for not having the education to take their medications on time and correctly. Right? We There's a system that does not welcome them to become healthier, does not welcome them to get better as far as their health is concerned but then puts the blame all on them when when the, the health concerns ends up equaling more minorities have diabetes more minorities have hypertension more minorities die from cancer more minorities are screened later more minorities die during pregnancy like this could, again we all know Serena Williams story of how she suffered a PE after pregnancy and essentially had to beg and beg to get treatment. Essentially had to beg to get treatment. This is Serena Williams, right? If Serena Williams has to beg to get treatment, whoa, my God! How is someone? How is you know Joe Blow down the road gonna do it, right? And so you have to ask yourself. And when you when you hear about Serena Williams' story, and then and you know, I'm on social media a lot, so I I, I see people. Posting and reposting and retweeting and commenting. And I see these I see these comments where I say, wow, I was in that same situation. My doctor didn't listen to me. My doctor didn't pay any mind. My doctor didn't. My doctor didn't. Right. Like that's like how bad is that? My doctor didn't blink. My doctor did not listen to me. My doctor wouldn't treat me. My doctor gave me Tylenol when I had an appendicitis. Right. Like that's that's what's happening across the country. And and that's why you can have a stack where more black mothers suffer from death postpartum than any other group, right? Like, it, that makes no sense, right? Like, why does the color of my skin somehow make me more susceptible uh, to medical issues just because I got pregnant, right? It makes no sense unless you have a lot of people who have to take care of those black mothers who aren't culturally competent and aware that, hey, when they're complaining of something, something is wrong, and you can't just brush it off. I know one of our things in school is that we learn right again we were learn we we were taught that latino latino women are a little bit hysterical, so when they have chest pain chest discomfort, they are a little bit more what we call histrionic right they they know how to sell it better, and because they know how to sell it better. We shouldn't pay as much mind as you would someone else who is complaining of chest pain, chest discomfort. But then I had to go to my culture competency class and say, "Hey, yes, well, I, we know we taught you that, but don't apply that to your patients, right? Like, again, it's, again, this is medicine. This is this weird dynamic. This is this weird issue that you know the burden, unfortunately, is placed on the minorities." The burden is unfortunately placed on those who suffer the worst to try to get better. Um, studies from, and again, you know I, know, I know you guys like to hear numbers, right? So racial and ethnic minorities make up about 26% of the total population, but only 6% are Latino, African-American, Native American. Right? Which means that it is more than likely that you are going to have to see someone who does not look like you. You are going to have to see someone... And be taken care of by someone who doesn't follow your cultural history, doesn't know your cultural history, doesn't want to know your cultural history. Because in their mind, if you're coming into their office, like the Dr. Paul Ryan's of the world, you should know how to speak English to make them comfortable, right? Like, no, woe is me. Don't, Don't think that I should be doing extra work, right? Like, I don't think if I know I have a Spanish speaking patient that I shouldn't have someone in my office who speaks Spanish to help translate for me. Right. No, 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 no. You should have the wherewithal to learn to speak proficient enough English. So when you come to see me like I, I don't feel that I have to work harder. Right. That's that's the Dr. Paul Ryan's of the world. That's the people who cultural competence has been lost on. And again, I, I tell people all the time, it's funny. Because my wife's a therapist and she talks about cultural competency in the, the therapy world. And she talks about how there's some therapists who are and some therapists who aren't. Right. So this isn't something that is just centered on medicine. But this is something that when you have a patient who is in the position of life or death, which I feel that every patient when you're going to see a physician... Whether you're gonna see them for a routine checkup or a follow-up visit for your blood pressure, or a follow-up visit for your breast cancer, you know it's a life or a death situation. So if you're in a position where you're person that you're paying, right? I think that probably irks me more than anything else. When I say irk, I really wanna say something else, but we have to keep it No PGE, no cursing on here. I think what irks me the most Is that I know for a fact the patient had to pay to come see this guy. Right? They had to go pay to see this guy and then turn around and be accosted and told learn how to speak English so you can get better health care. And that's America unfortunately, right? That's our system. That is what we've allowed. And I'm a programming director. I train residents I train the next set of physicians. I select and I interview and I see these medical students. And I know that the in the past, right, in the past, the goal was always, hey, you know what? Let's get the person who scores the highest on their board scores because they may may more likely are the smartest physician. We want the smartest physician. But one thing I did, especially when I when I became the program director is I changed that. I said, you know what? I don't care if your board scores are through the roof. How are you as a person? Like, I don't care if you studied well for that one test on that standardized day. What type of volunteer work do you do? right? Like, I want to see the all-around person because, again, I'm in South Florida. So, you're, you're going to deal with patients who are Haitian. You're going to deal with patients who are Hispanic. You're going to deal with patients uh, who are of uh, Native American descent. You are going to deal with... uh a treasure trove of patients. So I got to make sure that you are going to be aware that if you are not culturally competent, you will not be here, especially here at Wellington Regional. Man, that's just not going to happen. So when they talk about cultural competency and what we can do and what are the steps that are needed, right, to, to get better, one is understanding that our system is faulty right like as a physician we understand that our system does not work it it, the way we are taught does not work which is why they started you know incorporating these cultural competency classes because they realized like hey man the way we're teaching these kids are actually is actually not good like the way we're preparing these kids is really not good and if we want to make sure we can be proud when someone says, hey, I went to Nova Southeastern. We got to at least attempt to say we're trying. Right? We at least attempt to say, hey, we know we taught you those bad things. Let's give you reasons to unlearn those bad things. And I remember I'm a, I'm a, I was in a class. It was 11 African-Americans, right? Out of 200 plus, right? So 11 African-Americans. So we're in the cultural competency class like, um duh of course i would do this and of course like it's like common sense to us but i know for a lot of my classmates this was like groundbreaking they're like oh wow that makes sense oh wow i didn't think about that like it it really was groundbreaking so we can't think that being culture competent is like a no-brainer situation right because i can 100 percent assure you and I know this happens in the therapy world. And I know this happens in the educational world. And I know this happens in the technology world. I can 100% assure you that this is not a common thing that needs to be uh, brought up just on a whim. This is something that needs to be taught on a continuous basis. And I tell my patients, sorry, I tell my residents all the time, if you have a patient that you feel is quote-unquote histrionic, you're going to have to explain to me why you think that they're just anxious, right? You're going to have to explain to me why you think it's all in a person's head. Medically, you're not going to be able to explain it because, oh, well, you know, women tend to exaggerate, women tend to be more emotional. No, 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 that's not going to fly here. right? And in fact, I'm, I'm when I am even more prone to make sure I do everything I can for minority patients for my female patients because I understand that they've probably been brushed off right there's a reason why women suffer from cardiac disease uh, a lot more frequently especially in their elderly age than, than men it's because a lot of times they get brushed off and pushed away that their symptoms aren't respected right they don't respect what the person is saying same thing with my minority patients they could be having their complaints But if you're not culturally competent and you don't realize that, hey, this person normally complains of nothing, and all of a sudden they're complaining of something a little bit small, you need to make that a big deal. Because this is a person whose baseline is, I'm not going to say anything. And they actually got to the point where they said, you know, I'm going to say something. That's something you need to run with. So I think about this cultural competent, and I I think about the situation with Dr. Paul Ryan, and, and I'm satin that this is unfortunately way more common than it should be. I'm saddened that this daughter had to experience a situation where now she's not going to trust the healthcare system. Right? We have lost a patient who is likely going to one delay care, right? Because she's gonna be like, I'm not going to the doctor, I'm not going to the emergency room, they're not going to listen to me anyways. They're going to ask, can I speak English, right? So we have lost one patient who's going to tell a friend. And, of course, a video like this I saw on social media. So it's shared everywhere. And the comments were like, yep, no surprise, no shock there. And it, it was so funny because, of, of course, I go, I'm go. i going to look up uh, who this guy is, uh, Dr. Paul Ryan. I go to look up who he is and uh, already his, his Yelp account. First of all, I didn't even realize Yelp did this for those who don't know about Yelp. Yelp is one of those services like you can almost like comment and say whether a person's doing good or not. You can you can do that. And like the first thing that's on his Yelp account is like this pop up that says, hey. We, we realized this person was just on TV and now they're starting to get a lot of negative feedback. So we're pausing the comments. Right. So they they stop letting you comment on his Yelp feed because they realized there's a lot of negative publicity out there, right? And, and that's why it was very interesting uh to see that it's already protected, right? Like they already know, like, all right, guys, let's 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 do this because we already know it's about to happen, right? And and he work again. It's cardiologist. Apparently, he works at uh Dignity Health. Again, we're gonna put him out there, right? Because there's really no, there's no, there's no room for physicians. In our quote-unquote fraternity, right? There's no room for physicians who don't feel that they should have to be culturally competent, right? Because you're killing people, right? And not in a literal sense, but essentially you are, right? Because now what happens if this mother decides, you know what? I'm not going to see any treatment anymore. And now her heart issues that she came to you for, that she paid to come see you for, gets put away, gets put off. And by the time we do uh, are able to address it, by the time she is able to say, you know what, I'm going to get back into this healthcare system. I'm going to get get my Ryan right. I'm going to forget what Dr. Paul Ryan said. It may be too late. And now it costs the health healthcare system much more than it would have if Dr. Paul Ryan was just more culturally competent in the beginning. So then that's why I don't really, I'm not, I'm not surprised, right? Again, I, I do this podcast and I understand that the majority, especially when, when did I, I did that survey, I know the majority of people who listen to my podcast are a little bit older, right? Who care a little bit more about their health, right? I, I 100% understand that. That's that's the point. But I want, I want to get young folks involved too, right? I want young folks to want to be healthy and want to at least be conscious about their health but this is what they see, this is what they hear they hear Serena Williams tennis superstar, the greatest of all time has trouble convincing her doctors that something is wrong they hear that the Do- Dr. Paul Ryans of the world tell their patients after accepting their payment that they should learn how to speak English to get better care Like they hear that and they they, they put stuff off they they put stuff away, they they get distrustful. And we don't and we we already don't need to talk about the history. I'm gonna put a link to one of my uh my, my colleagues, Dr. Watson Ducatel's uh, blog post he did when he talked about just the history of being black in regards to medicine, right? So we know about Tuskegee, like we know about Henrietta Lacks, right? We know about all of these terrible things that the medical world has done to us because they were not culturally competent. We know that the terrible things that the medical world has done to us and continues to do to us because they don't accept minorities in their medical schools. Right. We, we already know this. This is unfortunately common knowledge. But we have to take examples like this and really make examples of people like the Dr. Paul Ryan's of the world. So we understand and they understand that there will be consequences when you are not culturally competent because there are if you are a physician who is not culturally competent, you should be seeing less patients, right? You should put a sign on your door. If you don't speak English, don't come see me, right? And you re- and guess the reason why they won't do something like that? Because they'll lose money. And at the end of the day, they love money, right? But they don't want to be culturally competent, right? They love money, but they don't want to make sure that their patients are well taken care of and their patients' needs are well taken care of and well respected, and that's I think that at the the end of it all right the the lack of respect is why we need people to be more culturally competent. The lack of respect is why we need more physicians who look like the people they need to be taken care of again twenty six percent of the population are minorities, but if the the chance of seeing one in their in their lifetime is low, right so we have to correct that. So that's it for this week of the podcast. Again, I want to say I'm sorry to that family on behalf of all physicians who are culturally competent. And I hope that you find someone who will listen to you, who will respect you, who will take your needs for what they are. Important. Right? And I hope the Dr. Paul Ryan's of the world who are listening, who have watched that video, who have made comments. I hope you understand that there should be and there will begin to be repercussions when you are not. right? Like we, we need to know that you are not culturally competent so we could stop sending our patients to you. Right. Could you imagine if I was a primary care physician out there and I took care of a lot of patients who of Hispanic descent? I took care of a lot of patients of Haitian descent. Right. Can you imagine if, if I was one of those primary care physicians out there and I realized I was sending my patients to this guy? First of all, my patients would then turn around and call me like, hey, why did you send me to this guy who clearly is not with the program? Right. I don't want to say he's racist. Right. I don't want to say that. But I can't say you're not racist. Right. And that's that's the problem. When you're not culturally competent, you leave the window open for things like that. So I want to make sure those who aren't culturally competent get what they want. Right. If you don't want to be culturally competent. Then you stay with whatever population that fits your needs and just stay with that. Don't venture out. I don't care if you lose money. Don't venture out. Tell patients, like, oh, I'm sorry, if you don't speak English, like, say that at the door, right? You can't, right? And fortunately, she was recording this situation. He probably didn't know. Fortunately, she, she was recording the situation of her mother being accosted, of her mother being re- disrespected. And I think at the end, her mom started crying. So so fortunately, she was recording it. So you could see because a lot of times people wouldn't believe it, right? Imagine she just came out and said, hey, I just went to this doctor office, Dr. Paul Ryan. And can you believe he told my mom that she needs to speak English? People were like, yeah, but how did he say it? They would be be copping, please, left and right. So fortunately, she was able to record it so we can see like, yep, that's what he did. And for for those who um, are listening, I will put a link to the video in my show notes. It will be on my YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube page. You can listen, you can watch, and you can just, you know, be disgusted like I am. So that's it for this week's episode. I'm going to see you guys next week. Have a great and blessed day. And physicians out there, learn to be more culturally competent or you will suffer. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry, and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. If this is your first time listening, if you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunchlearnpod all in one word.com and you can get the access to the show notes for every single episode but especially especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye